Hey, Inevitable Mike here. I just want to thank you for listening to Comics and Pop-Tarts podcast channel for so long. We've done so many years. Finally found a really cool friend in Daniel Garcia, the owner and creator of Dane Comics. He's going to be my co-host. And I know what you're thinking. This is going to be a little bit different. The placard's a little bit different. That's because it's a different podcast. Now, unfortunately, I can't afford to keep up with all these different emails at different platforms, and different windows, and this, not. It's just complicated. So we're throwing everything underneath the Comics and Pop-Tarts umbrella for this podcast called Those Dang Reviews. Just look for the different placard on the podcast channel when you go listen to what is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and wherever else podcasts can be heard in this age of Wi-Fi everywhere. Also, check us out on X, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, wherever you see comics and Pop-Tarts. Now, I hope you enjoy this show, because we got a lot to talk about. There he is, the other host of this dang comics, no, my bad, dang movies reviews. (laughs) What's going on, man? How are you? (laughs) Doing all right. How are you, bro? I'm good, man. I was just taking, <laughs> pardon me, I was taking some copious notes on uh, on uh, the Dark Angel movie and uh, and ready to talk. Never trust nobody. That's what Jack <laughs> Kane said. <laughs> according to the according to the manual, yeah, according to yeah. <laughs> page four of the rule book of Detective yeah, yeah. Jack Kane. You yeah. know, you know, I have to, I have to say. Um, <laughs> you were right. You're right. Dark Angel was a great movie. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren is an awesome action guy. I I totally penned him as I guess when I was younger, this foreign dude that could never uh, aspire to be an American action star. But he was he was he was a badass dude. Yeah. And what a hell of a roundhouse kick, man! I think <laughs> I think him and Rob uh, or not Rob Van Dam, uh, John Van John. Oh, you think? Yeah, you think it. Dark Claude Van Damme yeah, kind of went toe to toe. You're thinking of a wrestler, Rob Van Damme. Oh, he's good. The I know they're related somehow. I just it was in my mind when I was thinking about it. But yeah, his Kickboxer is one of my favorite movies, and Bloodsport too. And, you, you, you know, it's funny. Like when I when I met the girl that I'm in a relationship with now, um, uh, I called her. I don't. I called her one day, like to have a conversation with her about something. And uh, we still we work kind of work together. So uh, I was messing with her, and I'm like, "Okay, what's your top like five favorite movies?" Right? And that for me is always like a uh, an introductory an intro, an introduction type question. Depending on what they say to me, I'm like, "Okay, whether I'm interested or not." Right? <laughs> so she would have been like the Notebook, like Devil Wears Prada. Then I'd be like, "All right, this isn't going to go anywhere." So I said, what are your top five favorite movies? And she goes, uh, Aliens, Jaws, and then somewhere in that she goes, Kickboxer, Bloodsport. I was like, "Is this? could this be the one? Like, is this it? <laughs> did we go to kindergarten together and did I just yeah. miss a block section? <laughs> did, did, did you speak for best friends? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. But, I have a yeah. lot of exes who like the notebook. It's a great movie, but uh, it's long. 
<laughs> and um, not many deaths or relationships yeah. end that way. Or bikinis so, and yeah. guns. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, funny, man. I'm glad you I'm glad you liked the movie. Um, I know it was I know it was my turn to pick. Um, thank you for indulging me because it's not an easy movie for some people to watch because it, it, it is an older film. Uh, it is an older movie, and um, surprisingly when, enough, it, it holds up. It holds up. I was just gonna say that it holds up. And um, and one of the things that stuck out to me right away were the uh, the CDs being used as movie uh, as a as a movie prop and as a weapon yeah. in the movie. So spoiler, right? So spoiler alert. Um, I thought it was when I started watching the movie and I saw the the uh, the DVD or the uh, yeah the DVD. I was like, uh, I was like, geez, I remember those things, you know. <laughs> it's actually, if you kind of look at it, it's it's actually more of a nostalgic movie now than ever because one day, this shit's gonna be in like someone's back list of of <laughs> old school ancient movies. Yeah. Right. Because film is inevitably eventually going to replace historical doctrine. It has to. Yeah. Because uh, if you look at like Japanese mythology, like the Nihon Shokai, where like they took that and they're like, okay, so all of the Imperium is related to the sun god. Worship us and we will protect you. Like that's how they did their politics up until, you know, the white people came and, and made them, you know, get rid of all that shit. And they're like, we're in the real world, living here. <laughs> um, but but they're going to look at that and people are going to be like, what is that weapon? Yeah. And could you imagine a futuristic society of people who are afraid of DVDs as weapons? Right. Could like, you- could you imagine a whole Senate <laughs> hearing on like, okay, we can we cannot have the use of this these these weapons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone digs up the last blockbuster there ever was in the United <laughs> States. Could you, yeah. <laughs> these these uh, circular shaped discs that are used to play music are are weapons. Um, and so, you know, the only thing that didn't hold up for me in that movie, though, yeah, was how the hell did in 1987, okay, did a detective know, or did the department have a scientist who knew anything about gravimetrics? Oh yeah, actually, you, you know what's funny, Mike, is that I'm, watching, I'm watching the movie right now as we're on the as we're as we're on the this pod, our, our podcast, and um, that's the part that they're showing was that part right there that you're saying was the uh, the, the scientist, right? Where he takes the takes the FBI agent and uh, and takes him uh, to see the disc to yes, see what they yes, yes. I, I was just watching that, and I'm and I'm thinking exactly what you're saying. I'm like, the scientist looked like he was. On something for sure, like that he was strung out on coke or something, because he was really excited. Um, he definitely does goat yoga. Oh, he, he was just really fired up. Uh, <laughs> pardon me, um, uh, but I was just watching that part. Yeah, I uh, I guess it's movies, right? So freaking science, you know what are you gonna do, right? Um, I don't know. This always comes a point in a story um, where like. I'm looking for such and such. And there's one person in every room that knows someone who has the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, man. That's, that's, like, that's uh, uh, was that 87? Is that what you said? Was it an 87 movie? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, hang on. I, I got to look at the, I got to look at the, I gotta it was see actually it. 1990, but I think there was a reference in the movie said something about it being like towards the end of the 90s, like 87, 88 or something. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, uh, the budgets for that. Um, 
the numbers huh numbers yeah yeah like the did you look up the budget for that by any chance because i i mean yeah, it's under number. So the the okay. So let's get into the budget stuff. So the the budget for this movie was seven million. Okay, I just saw that. Now. It was Same crazy how much it cost to blow up cars. It's the only special effects in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, besides seven. maybe some lighting on the weapons, and yeah. then uh, in the United States and Canada, it grossed uh, four point almost four point four million. But it was four four point three million, and then opening weekend U.S. was uh, almost two million on September thirtieth, nineteen ninety, and then gross worldwide was was four and a half. So it almost made its money back. So it almost made the money back, yeah. And then seven million uh, in nineteen ninety, comparatively to now. So we're, yeah. I mean, you got to probably triple that, and you know. Uh, oh, oh, definitely. The sequel is probably like cost 20, more. Yeah, like twenty-one million dollars to make that movie nowadays. And um, but listen, for a seven million dollar budget, um, for a seven million dollar estimated budget, that's not. It's not a bad film. It's it's not a bad movie. You know, I think it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, that's is it. This is after Dolph did Punisher, I believe. Did you ever watch his Punisher movie? You know, it's funny. So, and like, I think it was 2003, I had just moved to Mississippi from Vegas and uh, my stepdad at the time was doing a lot of painting jobs and we did one in Vicksburg up north of Mississippi and I wasn't in school at the time. So he took us up there and we stayed with this guy in this trailer and in this room that they put us, my sister and I had, were like all these different videotapes and the only one i could recognize the name of was the punisher i was like no way and it was actually it was actually that punisher uh-huh. and i was like holy shit what you people don't know this man but we had the mcu back in the 80s we sure did we sure did yeah we did because someone someone from the geek network team had sent me like a rough cut copy of like a doctor strange uh they did a fantastic four i was like no fucking way yeah yeah that was what? the roger roger Cor- corman movie I was like, holy shit. Yeah. So we had all this back then and it didn't work. No wonder like Kevin Feige got so much flack right. for trying to bring it back in early 2000, you know, right around the time that Marvel was going under until they made Iron Man. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> the man. only hero they didn't make a movie of, I guess, <laughs> besides Thor. Yeah. I mean, um, for, for a 90s movie, that Punisher movie. Um, oh, it, was, it was legit, man. I remember. I, I didn't think it was bad. Awesome. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I thought he made a pretty good Punisher. Uh, it was um, right around the time I think that Batman probably came out. It was. I'm, I'm I'm guessing it was around that same time, or maybe a couple of years later or before the the Michael Keaton Batman movie mm. uh, came out. I I think because I'm I'm not looking at it right now, but I'm. I'm, I'm assuming it's around that same time that those movies um, became popular. But that Punisher movie and the Fantastic Four movie were really like the first Marvel movies um, to, you know, when people talk about like Marvel movies and, oh, the Marvel movies came out in the 2000s. No, they they, they didn't for anybody that's listening to this. <laughs> you know, you, you got to go back and like into the 90s and watch those those older which for the time it wasn't they weren't bad they were they were actually pretty good those those um I mean the Roger Corbin movie was terrible I, I told you I met the actors yeah uh, yeah I told you about the actors they're they're pretty cool 
Um, but so, okay. So then um, here's, here's one thing that I noticed about nineties movies and early, early nineties, late eighties movies about the good guys while they're sitting surveillance uh, <laughs> and waiting for this thing to go down. There's always someone that robs a, a, a liquor or grocery or enter convenience store here. Uh, that seems to be the running like trend for like the hard nosed cop that is like doing surveillance. And then like the, the liquor store or convenience store gets robbed and they're like, oh, I'm gonna... yeah, <laughs> they can never catch a break. They can, they can never <laughs> catch a break. Yeah. <laughs> they can never catch a break. And, 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 uh, and I got to tell you, like, you know, ha- sitting surveillance so much in my life um, that those moments happen. That, uh, not as obviously not as radical as that for me, but I've seen some crazy stuff sitting surveillance. Uh, I've seen um, when pe- when no one knows that you're sitting there watching the craziest things happen. Uh, but but anyhow, I digress. The that's another theme that I, I think is pretty neat about those 90s and 80s hard nosed cops is that uh, they're they're burnt out. And they're always, you know, they're they're too they're they're tired of this shit, you know, or, or they're, uh, you know, they're always having they're always, uh, uh, you know, having to deal with multiple crimes at once, which I love. I always love how they also get disenfranchised eventually and have to go rogue. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. E- even yeah. all even yeah. all the way up until like the bad boys movies. Yeah, right, because they're like at some point the law does run out. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bad boys uh, movies is a good one. Uh, man has kidnapped my sister. We yeah. cannot go save them. All right, uh, who's with me? We're going to fucking. Mexico. Who's with me? Yeah, who's with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's coming with me? Yeah, it's true. They 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 do they do get disenfranchised. So now, okay, now is that is that like too cliche or is that still fun? So do you like watching I mean, that? It's, it's it's an interesting comparison because we still see cop movies to this day. I mean, even watching the series. Uh, SWAT or uh, watching the series, um, not Cops, uh, The Rookie with Nathan Fillion in it. Um, there are still moments in the show where they have to spend off hours to catch the bad guy. And in the movie, uh, eventually Jack Kane's boss tells them to like, <laughs> go take a vacation or go right. pound sand. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, love, I, I love that. Um the uh, go take a vacation is also another one. Did you ever see um, Running Scared with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines? I, I might not have sat down and personally watched it. Okay, uh, yeah, of it earlier. You know, when I was a kid, my so, parents. So, so I know it's your turn to pick a movie this time around. Um, but it, next time that it's my turn to pick a movie, it's gonna be it's gonna be that one. <laughs> You're uh, already calling the carousel. I'm already. I'm already. I'm calling it way ahead. I'm calling it way ahead. Running scared. So <laughs> that was when I was a kid. It, that's how. I mean, I'm 51. So, but whatever, it's fine. Um, that was one of my favorite movies. I had it on tape. And for those of you that are listening that don't know what a tape is, a, a VHS. Um, true story, Mike. My, my, uh, my, 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 my youngest daughter. I was going through my closet with her. We're going through some stuff, and I found one of my VCRs. She's like, "What the hell is this thing?" <laughs> I'm like, "This, this is a VHS." She's like, "What does it do?" I'm like, "It plays VHS tapes." She's like, "What's a VHS tape?" So, um, I had the VHS of Running Scared, 
And I watched that movie so many times that I broke the VHS tape. The Jeez. the strip, yeah, the strip actually broke from watching it so much. Fuck, what was your favorite part? <laughs> um, when they go to when they go to Key West, and uh, and have you ever been to Key West before? I I, I have not. I have not. I've, okay, so I my uh, my buddy who's a he's a police officer now up in um in Wisconsin, out of all freaking places. Wow. I know, dude. He moved from the Keys to Wisconsin because he fell in love. Like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Damn, that's Bigfoot country. Oh, dude, he lived. <laughs> he lived in. He lived in the Keys for 15 years. He he became a police officer. He was a state trooper. He lived in the Keys, so I had a place to stay, and literally, like, right on the bay, and I would go see him. And I, I, I spent so many years traveling down to the Keys, and for Floridians, that's like a rite of passage almost. But uh, there's a scene where they go to the Keys in the movie, and it just—it's just such an amazing scene uh, where they um, just knowing the Keys as well as I do. I'm like, oh yeah, it's so cool to see like how the Keys have grown over the years. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's break down the film for for those who haven't seen it. I know we talked about it a little bit. Awesome. The pitch for this movie is a renegade cop is forced to work with an FBI agent in order to bring down a group of drug dealers with sinister plans. It gets weird. The synopsis further elaborates that Jack Kane is the renegade cop as a Houston as a Houston vice cop who's forgotten the rule book. His self-appointed mission is to stop the drug trade and the number one supplier, Victor Manning, um, also responsible for killing his partner, which I want to talk about. Because <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it doesn't really cover that in the movie. It's like he dies, and that's it. Uh, whilst involved in an undercover operation to entrap Victor Manning, his partner gets killed, and a sinister newcomer enters the scene along with FBI agent Lawrence Smith. Agent Smith. Jesus Christ. I'm seeing, like, overtones from, like, other movies, like Men in Black. Yes. <laughs> and this or, came, uh, out, and this came out way, way before Men in Black. Yeah, uh, the two the two investigate a spat of mysterious deaths, normal non junkies dying of mass and heroin overdoses, and bearing the same horrific puncture marks on the forehead. This, coupled with Kane's own evidence, indicates an alien force is present on the street of Houston, and killing uh, with gathering uh, stocks of rare drug found in the, only in the brain, which is for those of you who don't know, is the the. Oh God, the uh, the brain secretion fluid that that we all have the endorphins. Uh, Kane is used to fight, uh, used to fighting the toughest of criminals, but now is up uh, up against aliens. Um, <laughs> deep movie fact: Dolph Lundgren delivers a roundhouse kick to one of the bad guys. You remember when he goes to to confront Victor Manning in his own building? Yep, I do. That guy he roundhouse kicks near the uh, the elevator. Okay. Actually, connected because that guy missed his mark oh so he really did kick that guy in the face <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> I thought did you imagine taking a roundhouse kick from Dolph Lundgren that would suck oh man I bet you he got so many interviews after that <laughs> <laughs> the kick that made my career <laughs> yeah and that's um, a, he's a big dude too so that, that must have hurt Dark Angel was directed by Craig R. Baxley and written by Jonathan Titer and David Coep, starring Dolph Lundgren, uh, Brian Bennon, and Betsy Brantley. Betsy Brantley is his love interest in the movie, which is, I guess, this uh, uh, medical doctor examiner, uh, an Emmy. Uh, she's the medical examiner because she'd have to be, right? Yeah. Uh, she's the one who identifies the 
the um, the overdoses that leads to the conclusion of there's aliens stealing human brain endorphins. <laughs> it's a wild concept, man. It's it it plays into that alien theme where like, what if we were a food source to aliens, but then oh, puts it into a serial cop thing? Yeah. It's it's wild. After I watched this, I had like instant sequel. Cause like Dolph blows this guy up at the end. Spoiler alert, it's been out since nineteen ninety. If you haven't seen it, it's on Tubi for free, freeloaders. I'm watching it right um, now, so yeah. <laughs> but uh he blows him up at the end after the other one kills the other alien who was sent down them. Of course they all look alike. Uh no puns intended. Yeah. Um, they all wear the same thing. I'm not talking about skin color. Aliens don't see that shit. Nope. But uh he makes Dolph Lundgren or Jack Kane in this point like promise me you'll, you'll get the guy and then he explodes into like this light being which i thought was pretty cool because they always talk about uh humanity's soul uh embellishing that of of, of light and they always talk about like reality around us is made of light constructs because your eyes can only see light i'm like man there's there's a lot of spirituality coursing through this movie <laughs> it's speaking to me right now so I thought, I thought it was really interesting. The only thing that made this unrealistic, besides the fact that they all knew someone who knew a scientist or doctor that worked for the 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 detective um, precinct that knew anything about gravimetric science, was the fact that Dolph got his partner killed, and there was no there there was there was no hammer. It was just like go take a vacation, right? Yeah, like there was no like. Yeah. <laughs> His partner, I guess, didn't have a family or a wife, so there was like no, no investigation. There was no yeah. emotional <laughs> backlash. <laughs> That's no not, investigation. No, no, no give me your badge. No, give me your badge. What? Yeah, none, none of that existed. It was just hard nosed cop, bro. Yeah, hard nosed cop. <laughs> you know, and you know, today in cop shows, that shit happened. Like that would be like their badge. Dude, 80s, 80s, 90s cops were the best, man. I, I those, those are the best cops. Those guys. Uh, no nonsense, you know. They, yeah, they, my partner's dead. Take a vacation, you know. Like, get out of here, you know. Like, we'll figure it out later. Okay. Well, there was always, there was also too that, like, um, back in the day, nobody was really that sensitive. <laughs> there you go. That I was, I wanted to say that. I was, I was and um, people understood the risk when taking the oath and accepting the badge. <laughs> it's not a very big shield, okay. Um, but it's a shield nonetheless. <laughs> and um, when people died, people understood that that they 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 chose that line of work. Yeah. So when uh, yeah. when I when I watched this movie, I was like, man, uh, just the the comparison to how people viewed cops and the law back then to how we perceive it now, and compared to other serial serialized cop shows or movies is ridiculously different than it was yeah. back then yep. where like people are crying in the street and they want remunerations for, for for dead officers or people killed by officers but like at the same time it's like they did make the choice to that serve and it's like he did make the choice to commit a crime are we just not going to no, we're not going to recognize these people's that's choices right now. That's not important anymore. Yeah, no, no, that's not important. <laughs> not like it used to be. Cops used to hand out baseball cards and football cards and and uh, 
and adhere to the uh, to to their job and their and and people respected uh, them for for that. Now it's like now it's more about. I mean, listen, there, there there's a lot of police officers out there that are that are probably not as uh, as honest as they should, and I, I recognize that. Uh, but definitely, th- times have certainly changed where where the uh, where the bad guy has more rights than than what the law allows. So I, I agree with you. <clears throat> Yeah, it's it's an interesting comparison. I hope a lot of this doesn't become the doctrination of historical record in the future because <laughs> if they compare movies, which eventually they would probably get around to to keep only the most vital, um there 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 would be a lot of head scratching. <laughs> I love a the, lot of head scratching. I love the watch I love the watch a remake of this movie and to keep it kind of the same. It'd be pretty cool. Oh man, so yeah, so aside from the partner, let's talk about that because I had like instant sequel vibes. Like, fuck it, if you don't make the movie, let's do a fucking graphic novel because, yeah, you know, after that motherfucker killed that alien, that those aliens are coming back, they gotta yes. come from somewhere, yes. So it would have to be a revenge thing because that dude said, if you don't fucking stop them, more will come and they'll die by the thousands. I'm like, well, what if that guy doesn't come back? <laughs> oh, so do you bring do you bring Dolph back for the sequel? Fuck yeah, you bring okay. Dolph back for the okay. sequel. He's that guy. Okay, so this this would be my vision for the future. Okay, almost the same exact movie. We're not gonna fuck this up like Avatar 2, though, where it's like the exact same movie for different circumstances, but almost the exact same movie, except you focus on an FBI agent because it's just more it's more realistic. Like, that shit would never happen to a fucking detective. I mean, it only happened to him because he was chasing drugs, but it's an actual alien threat that's going to be more Homeland Security type shit. So they got to have, like, move room to move around. So focus on an FBI agent. She could be, fe- it could be female, it could be male, I don't give a shit. Um, and and uh, it's like a, an alien resurgence. Same wounds, same same issues, only it's like three or four or five of them. Yeah. And one comes down, or two come down, maybe to help out. Except they don't die, because huh. I thought that was kind of lame. Huh. Like the only guy from the world that that you know that guy comes from, they're only they only sent one of right. their best. That was it. <laughs> it's just the one dude. Yeah, it's just the one dude, and he gets shot, and they bleed like they're full of whiteout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're full of whiteouts. Like someone made them from like white clay. And then um they get in them over their head, and there's like there's only one guy who's ever done this, but it's like never like the 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 report's been redacted. So they have to go to this place and Dolph Lundgren is Jack Kane, but he's like a little bit older now, probably still super ripped because he's always been that way. Yeah. Uh, burying his wife, really, because I don't know if, if uh, the love interest in real life is still alive. Um, or maybe he's divorced, but then you get him to help out. And then it's it's them two, and then maybe, you know, the guy's partner or the girl's partner, and then the other two aliens, you know, mount an assault, and they have a final, you know, face-off at the end that leads to the capture of this. And let me go into another movie where we go there. <laughs> <laughs> we, try, we take the fight to them? Is that what you're saying? Right, right, right. Like Jack King gets in a spaceship with the other two and maybe the FBI guy and they go there. Like, we want to know why y'all keep fucking coming here for our brain juice. Like, <laughs> Stop stealing our brain juice, damn it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then you put uh, fucking Jack Kane in a in a in a cockpit, and then you send his ass into space. Yeah, I like it, dude. And, and, the and last frontier. I can see some superhero vibes on that, also. That's uh, yeah. I'm down with some cat people. Some cat? Do you say cat people? <laughs> yeah, some cat people, aliens, or you know, lizard folk. <laughs> I can see. All right, I think I think you uh, think you're onto something, man. I gotta tell you, I think you <laughs> think you should pitch that idea. I like it. I, yeah, well, I maybe if maybe if Craig R. Baxley or, or Jonathan Titer is still around, you know, if I can get the email, Baxley, what are you doing? Probably nothing. I got a sequel for this movie that nobody cared about back then. You want to you want to do it? Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this: Who would you cast if you couldn't get Dolph? To play Dolph's part, mm. fuck man, that's so hard. Because I'm, I'm gonna be straight with you. Dolph Lundgren has the most definitive and unique facial structure I've ever seen on a human being. He's like he's like Elvis. Like no two. Like there, there is no one that looks like Elvis. Right? There's a lot of impersonators, but he has that like Elvis look. Where I mean. The guy that did the most recent Elvis movie, he was okay yeah. for like Elvis when he was younger, right? Right. But he's still there's still there was still like cheekbone stuff that you could yeah. couldn't you know fit into it. That would be fucking hard, man. Because <laughs> damn, because I mean, after watching this movie and then I watched a few other movies that he was in, uh, including remembering what he did in, uh, in Expendables, it's like really hard to replace a guy like that. Yeah. Well, that so you know. During uh, one of uh, um, podcasts that you invited me on, we had a discussion about this. Um, and it was like the 80s and 90s action stars. Um, I know we, I, I kind of asked you your opinion on like what the action stars were of nowadays. And I have notes here somewhere from the last conversation. And that goes back to what I was um, talking to you back then about is that like uh, – those action stars, man, the, the JCVDs and even the Steven Seagal's, who I know everyone's like, he's like the running gag of the YouTube now. Everyone's always making fun of him. But those actors, man, the Chuck Norris's, the uh, Sylvester Stallone's, do we have those nowadays? Like, does Dolph Lundgren, does, does he exist nowadays um, in in movies? Like, who who is our Dolph Lundgren now? Who, who is that? Do we have one? I mean... Jason Statham is pretty cool. I guess he's a he, he's like an action star. Yeah, like that's that's what I was thinking about. Like, if you wanted to get someone who could do the things that Dolph Lundgren did back in the day, the look, but though, Mike, even the he, look, even the he look. is still pushing that age, though. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a black belt in Kyokushin karate, which I thought. Which, if you ever, uh, I, I know you're you're a martial art wrestler guy, but um, for those of you that are listening that are not into martial arts. There's a style called Kyokushin Karate, which is one of the strongest and toughest styles of karate. And that that black, he's a black belt in that, dude. Like, that's no joke. I, I, I studied that for a number of years. And let me tell you, man, uh, he's probably still in pretty good shape because of that. That sounds so deadly. It, it, it was just badass. Yeah, it's just, it's just a badass martial art, you know? Like, like do, you, do you have to kill somebody to get yeah, that Yeah, yeah, to get your black belt. You got <laughs> to murder a, a room full of children. It's pretty badass. Oh, God. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I'm joking. That's not funny. Um, <laughs> but, I don't know, man. There was, this, there was this dude. I can't even put faces to names right now. That, you know, 
I'm going to have to look into that. Because the only person I can think of other than Jason Statham, and you're probably going to laugh at me, but John Cena. John? John Cena. I like, I like John Cena. He's a, he has a very a very distinct look. That's a good point. All right. I'm not laughing. I'm not I laughing. don't know if John Cena could do a roundhouse. No, no, no. He could power bomb the hell out of you. Yeah, he'll power bomb the probably shit do. Yeah. He could probably do a really good spinning clothesline from hell. <laughs> okay. I got another one for you. I got another one for you. Ready? <laughs> Michael J. White. Hmm. Spawn. What do you think of that guy? Oh. Oh, um, yeah, Spawn. He, he's done a bunch of movies. Yeah, he's uh, he did um, was it Blood and Blood and something? Blood and Bone? Yeah, Blood and Bone. Blood and Bone. Ah, yeah. see, that's why we get uh, along. Yeah, Blood okay. and Bone. I met him you know, once. Did I tell you that I met him once? No, that dude looks super humble though. Dude, he was that so fucking cool. Dude, he was like the coolest dude. I, I was on a Comic Con. I got VIP passes to get in. Me and my daughter were there. Me and my oldest, and um. Walking around before the show even started, and he was signing some autographs and talking to some fans at his own little booth. And uh, I walked up to him and I was fanboying out because he's such a good—he's another Kilkushin guy. And mm. I said to him, um, "Dude, huge fan." He's like, "Oh, hey, man, how are you?" The humblest dude, and he'll—he'll—he'll crush your spleen. Like this dude is—he's no—he's no joke. This dude will crush your spleen with his pinky. Like this guy will mess you up. Like he was a big badass dude. And I was like, dude, I'm the biggest fan. Like, I can't believe I'm getting to meet you. And my daughter met him. And what a great guy, dude. Just, like, that's the kind of personality on, on a person that just, I think, goes a long way for me. So, anyway, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. You know, really you know what? You know what? That would work. That would work. That would work. What if you couldn't get Dolph Lundgren for the sequel? But what if you killed Dolph Lundgren? Oh, who? Okay. Who? Always acted like an uncle to his dead partner's son. Oh shit, dude, you're on to something. <laughs> I love it. That's but awesome. we never got to see that off screen, right? Until the funeral. And then they go looking for him and they can't find him. And they find the one guy who knows who knew him. Yeah. And, and who told him stories but never really believed it. Dude, awesome. I love it. That's great. I, yes. I love I love that angle. Yeah. yeah, his partner in the movie. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm it could have worked. It yeah. could work. I won't spoil it. His partner in the movie could be Michael J. White's. Yes. Yeah. I like it. All right. Could, dude, people would fucking show up to watch that too. Cause yeah. <laughs> like he like people don't understand how big of a cult following that man has, even though he doesn't get mainstream stuff, he could easily squeeze into an expendables film. Dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a I mean, he's underrated. He's an underrated action star of our, our, our current generation. I loved him and Jax in the, in the Mortal Kombat series that they tried to make big. He helped produce that because he believed oh. in it. Okay. Have you, you seen any of those? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Those were the, um, the, the, is that the series? They made, they made this, it, it was really weird. Okay. So it was all, it was all, um, they did it on YouTube and then they released it on DVD, but they were like eight episodes of these eight to nine minute short films. Yes, yes. And each yes. one had different Mortal Kombat characters in it. He played Jax, and then there were Sonya, and then um, uh, Liu Kang. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, the big one in there was the fight between Sector and, and somebody else. I think, I think it was him. I can't remember. I can't... Okay. They were awesome. And he made a hell of a fucking yeah. uh, 
a hell of a Jax. So. Okay. Yeah, he's he's got a pretty good career for. I mean, he's you know, um, you're right. I don't think he's hit it big in like the mainstream per se. It, it's his beliefs, man. I don't. He's not Hollywood material, and I only say that not as a disrespect or or a plight. I just I think he's one of those actors, um, like the original Hercules from the '90s show. Yeah. I oh, Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Okay. Kevin Sorbo has Christian beliefs, That's and right. so there's a lot of things in Hollywood that go on that you know, Christians don't take part in and they don't, they, they don't take part in squishing the careers of others, you know, to make great films. They don't believe in that stuff. So a lot of the actors that, that like, like Michael, um, who you don't see a lot of in bigger films. That's the reason why. Cause it's all, it's all, it's all gatekeeped. Most so are- <clears throat> I have a quick uh, Kevin Sorbo story for you. Okay. All God, right. man. Is there anybody in, in the world that you haven't met? Yeah, I know, man. It's weird. <laughs> I can't help it, bro. I'm starting to see why you wanted to do this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it, man. Uh, um, I It was my girl's birthday. And uh, there's this, I don't know, I don't know if it still exists. There was a service at one time that you can, you can get someone to say happy birthday or Merry Christmas or whatever, like, like actors from like the 90s and the 2000s that you can pay to do a personalized Merry Christmas, enter holiday or birthday here. Um, so if I wanted to send you a happy birthday, I could get, I uh, think uh, my mother-in-law got someone from Kiss to sing oh. happy birthday to my father-in-law because he's a big Kiss fan. So anyway, uh, I was like, dude, I got to do this for her because she she's a big cat. She loved Hercules and Xena and stuff back in the 90s. Oh, so I, I found Kevin Sorbo on this site. And I wrote them, right? Because you could write them directly and tell them what you want them to say. And uh, he sent her a personalized message. My girl's name is Carrie. And he says, uh, Carrie, this is Kevin Sorbo wishing you the happiest of birthdays from your husband, right? And then he goes, he wants me to shake my fist and say, because I wanted him to say, I'm, you know, uh, by the power of Hercules, by shaking his fist as he was saying it. He's like, I don't know why he wants me to do that, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> the power of Hercules. May you have the happiest of birthdays. And he's like, happy birthday, Carrie. God bless. Dude, coolest dude like ever. Just a great guy. What a great guy. Um, but yeah, that's my Kevin Sorbo story. Really nice guy. I wish they I wish they, uh, I wish they, did that stuff like that still. I don't know if they still have that. I don't know if that's still a, uh, I don't know if you could... It was like a hundred bucks. It wasn't expensive at all. It was pretty cheap. Um, I, I we should probably look it up, and if I find it, I'll send it to you. But I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was pretty neat that that service. There was the guy that was on, one of the doctors on Star Trek was on there also. Um, I forgot which which I think it's the one with um, the female captain. That that doctor was on there mm-hmm. also, and he would come okay. on, he'd wish you a happy birthday or whatever. It's pretty cool. So, and listen, you got to remember, dude, like I live in South Florida. So like, <laughs> to me, running into a, into a movie star uh, growing up in South Florida wasn't uncommon, man. It was a really common thing to run into. I, I've met Vanilla Ice, the guy that played the alien in the movie, Dark Angel, Matthias Hughes. My buddy studied a martial arts at a gym in the 90s and he met him at the gym and he says that he was a really nice guy. So 
not uncommon, man. A very, a very common thing here in South Florida. Did he? Uh, did he tell you if they were really as tall as they made him look? In the he film? was huge. Yeah, he said it was huge. He was like a bodybuilder. Okay, so that dude, because I think those two actors were like almost seven feet tall. Yeah, yeah. So Dolph is like Dolph is a big dude, bro. He's a, he's just a he's a and he like six 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 seven or some shit. Something, something stupid. Yeah. Something I would like, love to see him like look at fucking Undertaker. Right. UFC face off before they go to the dance thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I it. always use fucking The Undertaker as like my measuring stick for people because he's like 7'2. Dude, my, my girl is into wrestling. And, and I, I know you and I are like into wrestling also. So um, she, she was uh, really into wrestling like in the 90s. And The Undertaker is like her absolute favorite wrestler of all time. And. Oh. and when when he showed up to one of Brock Lesnar's UFC fights, did you see that? He showed up to one of Brock Lesnar's when the, when Brock Lesnar was fighting in the UFC. He showed up to one of his fights. It's pretty cool. I uh, I did not. Um, no, it wasn't that fight. I was uh, I was in a relationship with someone who had brought me who had bought me tickets to go see Batista fight here oh. on the. Cool. And- uh, dude, I'm such a dumbass. That was the fucking weekend that I broke up with her. <laughs> no, did you? Did, did not, you... not that those tickets would have saved what we were going through, or oh. what I was going through. But yeah, man, like she was, she was supposed to surprise me with them. Oh no, and you didn't. You, you didn't go see him fight. I didn't even know about it. It was supposed to. Oh, be Oh no! <laughs> and she ended up using his cannon fodder. Um, you know, in that phase where like you get dumped and then you're like super pissed at that person before you're like super cool with what everything that happened. And I was just like, oh, oh dude, sorry to hear that. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it, you know, shit happens. <laughs> oh, wait. So let me ask you this. Is Batista a modern day version of those 90s and 80s action stars that we were talking about? I think a lot of the dialogue and roles that he's been given kind of makes it close i remember that movie he did um fuck what it was called it was on netflix came out a few years ago he he was it was kind of like central intelligence only batista um is is part something an american and the the guy was like indian it was like uh it was it was it was supposed to be popular because it was uh the guy driving the car was doing uber or some shit i think it was called uber I can't remember. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Where he oh, played this, like, spy and, like, he right, ordered a dude. fucking Uber, Uber while he was doing his mission. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. Other than that movie, all the other roles that he's gotten that have been, like, serious acting roles have usually been something comical. Even though he does really cool action scenes, like like in the Marvel movies as Drax. But a lot of it's really just been this big, dumb guy, rhetorical, dialogue, rhetoric-speaking person. So I've I've really yet yet to see him like do anything serious. Yeah. That, I, that I've seen. I, I don't he, know if he's done any like B or C movies out there. Yeah. That he was in uh, he was in the man with the iron fists as, as Oh, okay. You know what? Yeah. I have seen that movie. I did see that movie. Yeah. No, yeah, it was it was pretty good. It was uh with Rizzo. Uh, it was pretty good. Fuck. He did another movie. I'm so stupid. Um, he did a he did another movie about this kid who thought he was playing a video game and uh, ended up going into this ancient Chinese artifact, dropping down into like ancient China or some shit when it was like under attack. And he played this like Mongol leader. 
for this video game. Oh, okay. And he had to fight the kid. It was really weird, man. I think it's either on Prime. Now that I've said this, like all these other roles of him are coming back. Yeah, I think that, 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 <laughs> happens. that happens, though. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because as we're talking about it, I'm like, wait a minute. He was also in a movie on Netflix where he's like a, a fire inspector or something. And it's like the, oh. it's reminiscent of Sudden Death with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Those, um, Michael Jai White made one of those two. Um, uh, John Claude was like the the first one to, to make those kinds of movies where it's like a sports um, sports uh, event going on and they got to rescue it. He was in one of those too. So yeah, yeah. no, you know what? I, t- I take it back, dude. He's been in so much stuff. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. Guy. He's pretty cool. Look, been in the Escape Plan two and three, and I haven't even watched those two yet. Oh, uh, the the movie I was talking about is called Warriors Gate. Warriors Gate, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yep. And they played in Kickboxer's Vengeance. He was in, he was the guy. He was the big kickboxer guy. Yep. He played an Army of the Dead. That was um, pretty good. That was pretty good. Was I think the only thing I haven't seen him in, other than those two escape movies, is Knock on the Cabin. Uh, Knock at the Cabin. That was pretty good. That was a pretty good movie. Um, I, but he, I, I did I, play Asking Knives Out Mystery. I watched that. Okay, here's another one for you. The Rock, 80s, 90s star. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, comparatively to those guys. he's seen everything he's been in. Oh, he's okay. I like him. I've, I've, uh, listen, you're going to kill me when I tell you this because you're going to be like, dude, like, stop screwing around. But when when'd you when'd you meet him? <laughs> I met him also. <laughs> yep. I met him too. <laughs> uh, there was a, um, a gym in uh in miami it was a gold it was, i think it was a gold's gym this is back when i was really into wrestling and shit like that a gold's gym yeah that that just goes to tell you how long ago it was a gold's gym or one of those types of gyms and i was on yeah, the elliptical out planet fitness yeah dude i just ran into him at the gym and people were freaking out and and then i ran into him again at a chick chicken kitchen and he was <laughs> eating there yeah i swear to god dude like i can't make this shit up um, but another another really cool guy, just a really nice guy back in those days when I met him. Was, this is a long time ago now, but he's really nice. Um, but yeah, hey man, South Florida, what are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> Minute Minute Bull, <laughs> that's so funny. The it was a Miami Heat player when the Miami Heat first came out, like in the nineties. Minute Bull, I met him too. It was uh, for those of you that are basketball fans, um, I met him also back in the nineties too. Okay, anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, so all right, I can go on and on. Um, so we talked about the budget and I know I kind of skipped ahead here and I apologize for that. I'm, I'm that's, that's okay. better at this we've, than I am. We've covered it all, man. We look, we've covered the sequels, uh, like what if sequels, which is always fun to do. Right. Cause it's like, you have everybody some ideas, by the way. Yes. I, yes. I could do this and I think I could do it better. Um, <laughs> Uh, I actually brought fucking solutions. I just need someone to throw their wallet open for me. <laughs> I'll direct it and everything. Yeah, <laughs> invest. We might lose three million like this movie did, but we'll 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 be published. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how do these motherfuckers go into these meetings and push the bottom line of like we're gonna make seven million dollars and we're gonna make twice this, but we need this much. And then they like they come back and do these post meetings where it's like, well, we only did four point three, which isn't too bad because we only lost three point seven. Is that is that like uh, how you definitely know more about this than I do? But 
how do you i wonder if that's okay like it I, I, not that it's okay but like some of these marvel movies that have lost again i'm only going off what the media has said okay what i watch on youtube i don't know if it's true or not whatever but when you go into some of these board meetings and you're like okay well i made the marvels and i made and we made ant-man quantumania and these movies lost you know 600 billion dollars like is that okay like the, does the board just go hey that's all right bro don't worry you're, you're good like <laughs> so 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 people think about money as exactly that um corporations don't think of money as anything other than getting more money and the reason i say that is because they have huge relationships with banks like actual banks like not the small ones that you see next to walmart i'm talking about the ones that have 55 floors and other <laughs> floors that you don't know about and have never seen um i know that some of these movie production companies actually have direct lines to like um the s&p banks like jp morgan where it's like guys money is just numbers it's concepts it's projected value okay That's it's just wild. like the government when we came off the gold standard and went to fiat currency, we basically gave ourselves permission to print money as needed. Okay. So that's exactly what productions and corporations do. And I say corporations because the government, and I don't, I hate to get political, but it's, it's, you have to understand this to understand corporation. The government does the same thing. The government bonds all of you, all of us, you and me on the S and P and they take out loans as assets and all a loan is is you're asking for a certain amount of money and they're gonna put that money back now even if they don't put all the money back okay it's they have assets so when they make a movie that costs you know 20 million dollars they're just they're putting 20 million on a loan they're writing up paperwork the paperwork justifies the 20 million which is which is the profit and anything over that is profit um, even if you don't break even, they have remuneration clauses for that, where if like the asset becomes part of the bank or the production percentage or however they work, the, however they work the deal and legalese. Hmm. So if they lose money and they don't they don't make enough, they still have merchandising. They still have the comics. They still have books. They still have assets Crazy. somewhere, some somewhere down the line. And, of course, Marvel movies is not the only thing coming out of Disney, okay? If you have 19 fucking films coming out, each one might have cost $8 million, one's $20 million, one might be $1.2 billion, and they all do horrible. They still all made a bunch of money. One of those bills is getting paid because they continue to make more money. Yeah. So you're constantly operating in the red, and that's what executives get paid to do. They get paid to take care of the budget. That's basically what the president's supposed to do for the United States. Mm. They're supposed to be paying down this debt, but that's how debt works. Debt never goes away once you get debt. All you're doing is you're buying debt. You're buying debt to do this thing so that you can buy more debt. And then once you start that ball, it never stops. So it is, it is like a it is a fucking downhill slope, and there's no uphill. So no one gives a so basically no one gives a crap. So when everyone on YouTube and these all these different channels are like making fun of of Disney and saying, "Yeah, you've lost a billion dollars in this movie," and I, Disney's in trouble. And the reality of it is, Mike, that I'm a I'm a Disney. Um, we have annual passes to go there, and I don't know how often you've been, how many times you've been there yourself, but 
we went like a month ago on a freaking Thursday at like nine o'clock at night to go eat at this restaurant. To, uh, we went to Epcot. There's a Mexican restaurant there uh, inside the park they would like to eat at. When I tell you that you couldn't fit another person inside the park at 150 bucks a pop, it's it's ridiculous. You wow. we literally couldn't walk through the park. We had to like we had it was like it was like mass pandemonium. So when people are like, oh, the parks are in danger and Disney's this it's it's they're gonna close and the stocks and dude, no, no. It, it's they make so much effing money that it's ridiculous. So anyway. Um, absolutely and, and don't don't fool yourselves by being part of that conversation it's not that they don't care they they care that they they need to make profit because profit gets i mean profit is just they borrowed the money and they made more than they borrowed so it allows them to borrow again and continue borrowing and then once you borrow so often it's like your credit score once you borrow so much and continue to put so much back you get rewarded with a larger credit line so yes. i imagine that after a fucking hundred years Okay, after a fucking hundred years of film, cinematic entertainment, and then more than that in animation, that they have probably the largest, if not an open checkbook, directly to the banks that they borrow money from, if not their own bank themselves. But don't fool yourself in thinking that's their only business. Okay, McDonald's is not. It's not. I repeat, it is not a fast food restaurant chain. It is a goddamn real estate investment firm. Okay, <laughs> McDonald's owns a lot of fucking escrow yes okay they own a lot of property they they make their money from investing and renting out and buying and investing and purchasing land i mean yeah sure they make money with fast food chains because they're all over the place internationally and and such but they've they've made their money by by doing by buying every, every property they build on mcdonald's on they own it Mike, like not, me, they, they don't they don't buy it. They buy it from the state, but they get the actual bond on the property. Mike, ask me like, what a McDonald's stock is at right now. Fuck. If if I could if I could take a time machine and go back and buy a piece of stock at McDonald's, I'd be I'd be set for life. My children's children would be set for life. Two hundred and ninety one dollars a share. Yeah. Not to make this a about um, not to make this a. a but when you get into movies and stuff and you, and you look at the performance numbers, you, you know that they have to have a post on this shit. So when they're going into this, they're like, okay, how much do we make back? If they can make at least 75 to 50% back on a movie, on a movie deal that they, they, on a movie loan, they've done their job because then they, they pimp it out to streaming services, which is why streaming services exist. They get paid for that every year. That's basically like, it's basically set up like an option deal. Where that's on a contract to stream there because people love nostalgia, and then once a movie comes out in the theaters, they want to watch it again at their convenience. So, like, I'm 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 under the guise that Warner Brothers is about to buy Paramount. Yeah, even though it's a rumor, yep. but they're about to buy Paramount because all this DC shit is getting dumped onto Netflix, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, I can almost watch the entire um, the entire DC EU on fucking Netflix now. I mean, they're adding Aquaman in, in January. Awesome. I was like, what? Yeah. 
Yeah. I was like, I don't have HBO anymore because my, my phone company decided to drop the special that they had. So I've been getting Max for free for almost a year, but you know, it's not part of their deal anymore, which sucks because I couldn't, I, I can't watch my DC stuff now. But oh, dude, I'll give you my code. Just use my code. <laughs> I'll share it with but you. It's, it's, it's okay, but they, they make their money back in other ways. And, and Disney's got. Disney's got some fuck you money, dude. Like they're oh, building a brand new park you, in Ohio. Absolutely. They're yeah. building a brand new park in Ohio. Oh, come on, bro. Yeah. So that's why, like, when when you say that this movie that the Dark Angel movie lost three million, and and people complain that some of these movies lose millions of billions of dollars. Yeah, after, but they, after they, dude, they, they when they take out a loan though, they take out all the money they need. Right. They take out all the money to pay all the actors. Okay, all these people are making their lives on debt. Okay, on on company debt, which is why a lot of production studios have the attitude they do when they go into like WGA or Actors Guild talks, because they're the ones that foot out all the money. Uh, so they have this attitude of like, well, fuck fairness, like we got the money, we gave them the job, they do the job, they go home. Yeah, you know, it's you know that that's the reason why they have that attitude though. But yeah, they, they borrow all the money they need. Everybody gets paid. Um, yeah. I, I've, I have relatively hardly ever really seen movies that pay on performance. You won't find a lot of those unless you're like in the indie movie circuit uh, where it's like yeah. everybody's a collaborator. So everybody shares in the spoils. Uh, most movies, when you start out, you do for free. Man, all I got to say is this. Never trust anybody. Jack Kane. <laughs> um hey. Never trust, never trust what people tell you in terms of like this company's gonna fail because they lost all this. That's, that's like my favorite line when he tells Dude, that. He tells Anthony Smith, okay, yeah, you're gonna trust him with that, and he's gonna give you this whole talk about how it takes a few eggs to make an omelet. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does that conversation, and then he's you know, Jack Kane shoots him and fucking falls in the river. And it's like, did you give me the speech? Yeah. How'd you know? <laughs> Never trust them. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think overall, um, I would highly recommend the movie to anybody that wants to watch a uh, early, early, early 90s, late, late, late 80s um, action martial art type movie with aliens and... Um, some good budget for the time movie. I, I definitely think it's uh, it's worth it, it's worth watch. It's free, like you said, on Tubi right now. So, in my opinion, definitely worth watching. Um, it just it's, it's a man's romance. It's movie. a man's it's a man's movie. Yes, because sure. like who who just like goes and quits their jobs to go on vacation anymore? Like, yeah. just imagine and telling a woman that in in a film, she'd be like, "But what about my extensions? And I'm going to get my nails done." Like, what about the bills? <laughs> You couldn't say that to fucking somebody one day. They'd be like, go go max out your PTO. Nobody would say anything about quitting. <laughs> nah, yeah. He that guy, man, speaking of quitting, that guy really changed uh that guy really changed movies. Um I, I think because of him, I think we have a lot of the movies that we have nowadays. He kind of set that gold standard for for that type of um different feel of a movie he really he really did take directing and producing and creating into a whole other level so in my opinion yeah. i was but, trying to see if there was a Dolph Lundgren collection i only found one but it doesn't have like all of his movies in it he's got a lot of movies he's got a, a ton of movies man he uh did you ever see uh red scorpion 
No, that's one of the ones in the lineup that I have queued on too. <laughs> yeah, this one was pretty good. That's another one of those like uh, Dark Angel movies where if you have some time to kill and you're just kind of chilling at home and wondering what to watch, yeah, that wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. Um, you could also find some of these older movies on YouTube. Um, oh yeah, that's right. For free. Uh, you just got to type them in. I do not suggest YouTube Red. <laughs> What's that? But, uh, uh, YouTube Red is their their YouTube streaming service. Yeah, that's their their version of their streaming service. Oh, so, is, like, it, is it bad? It. It's not bad. I just I think it's overpriced, and I, I don't I don't okay. think it's ethical. Uh, because they already run. It's like a it's like it's almost like a non for profit video streaming service oh. for everybody to use, and then you're gonna turn half of it like most of your server space into a streaming network to make money, but you already run ad campaigns on free videos anyway. So doesn't that make you kind of fucking triple Duncan? <laughs> like we all know advertising is, is, uh, is, is Nazism, right? Cause it's how they, that's how they used to torture people for information. Mm. So I just I got I got an ethical issue with them having their own streaming service while being a non for profit free share video service for everybody else. Well, I mean, yeah, sure they share the they share the ad revenue dipping for everybody who has like dedicated channels. Yeah. Also ad revenueing, and then they get a percentage of the of hosting those people who get ad revenues. So, man, they they're fucking triple Duncan, five Duncan. They got twelve toes and all the right holes. Like I'll tell you, man, YouTube YouTube ain't screwing around. They got a lot of a lot of free content on there i mean and you could even if you're looking for a movie and i'll do this i'm guilty of it man i'm one of those guys like if, if i can't find a movie somewhere streaming for free i'll go to youtube first before i rent it somewhere else because a lot of times it will get burnt it'll get burned onto youtube's whatever you know uh, streaming on youtube someone will burn it on there well now that we don't have blockbuster or hollywood video anymore i mean where the fuck else we gotta find it but a streaming service or for free on youtube you know i used to love blockbuster video and hollywood video god it was so awesome yeah the show wasn't so great the the store was awesome <laughs> yeah 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 i remember like the do you remember when um when you if you didn't rewind the movie they charge you <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> 25 cent rewind fee <laughs> please be that shit went up to a dollar 50 before they closed the doors let me tell you Please be kind and rewind. Yeah, that drive me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Please you can put kind. that on on a, on a back jacket uh, page. Please be kind and rewind. That's a good shirt. Yeah, that's a good shirt logo. Please be kind and rewind. Can you get sued for that? I wonder. It's sue you. Um, I mean, they're out of business. I mean, do do they really have it copywritten anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I think they, I think the last time I checked, uh, not that I was checking. I think I saw it on Netflix or something. But there's one blockbuster video store or there was i'm sure it's gone now no no there there, there was one because family guy did an episode on it where like he went to he went to go have family movie night and instead of having family movie night they decided to drive like six fucking hours to the nearest blockbuster and when he got there he had like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar backlog blockbuster account charge <laughs> And then that turned into like this trickle down effect where all this shit happened at once. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that it, it was an it was, and it may not still be there, but it was in Alaska. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I, the one I, in the episode I, was closer, but yeah, that's, you may want to keep me keep me honest. Then, um, but I believe it was in Alaska. Yeah, 
You know what? That would make sense because you know they don't they don't get a whole lot of traffic. So for an entire community civilization and like Anchorage to like keep a blockbuster up afloat, yeah, that make. Yeah, I think it makes sense too. But uh, I mean, that was my favorite. That was my Friday night, man. Uh, not Alaska, but uh, blockbuster movie. Just uh, just 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 flip the phrase though. If you're worried about copyright, just be like rewind. That's fucking kind. That's fucking kind. <laughs> <laughs> and you have some people that would probably be like, "Oh shit, yeah, I remember that." <laughs> hey man, this kind of sounds like the blockbuster thing. Yeah, you get it. A little bit, sure. Yeah, that was a that was a typical Friday night. Speaking of movies, I know you're a big movie fan like I am. That was a uh, Friday night, Friday Saturday night. Walk in there, buy a box of like. Uh, those little chocolate, what are those chocolate things called? Uh, little mint what? chocolate things. Buy a box of that, some Twizzlers, get a movie. And then you'd always fight for the last. You'd like, oh, cool, like Avatar's out. I need to go get that. Let's go to Blockbuster. And you get there and they're all they're all rented out. And sometimes you get lucky and find one. You're like, I got one. You go home and watch the movie and then bring it back a couple days later after it's like due. And you're like racking up your fee. Yeah, it's, it's, it it. That was those are fun days, man. And then streaming service kind of killed it, but uh, well, Red Redbox started it. Redbox, yeah, that's right. Actually, you know what? If you really want to be honest, the concept was created by GameFly. Oh my god, I remember that now. Yeah, GameFly, GameFly is still very much around. I don't know how, but yeah. you know, it's basically a mail-in service. They got a website. You go order a game that you want to play. It's basically renting. Um, you return it within the time frame. Uh, they give you a little return thingy, and if you don't, they just charge you full price for it. And then Redbox came out, and they're like, "We're gonna do this shit with fucking movies." And then they were like, "We're gonna do this shit in your hometown with a vendor." And then they were like, "Oh shit, they're still doing it." But like Netflix came out, <laughs> and they were like, "Fuck." <laughs> so yeah, you really gotta get honest, man. It, it, it was a concept, been a long time coming, I think. Yeah, it's like a Hollywood video for me was uh was some best times man me and my friends used to go up there buy box candies in fact i played hooky one day for a whole fucking week with me and a couple other buddies because they used to have like discount games for like sega nintendo shit like every day we walked up there and we uh we were in the store looking at movies we bought some games get a shitload of candy and go back to my yeah. house we put fucking nintendo and sega all day yeah yeah and then report cards came out and that's what caught us all caught <laughs> <laughs> Because we didn't, we didn't get ours, and our hey, moms were like so. Different Kyle's mom called my mom, and my mom called the other guy's mom, and I was like, "Fuck." We used to, we used that, to forge, we used to forge our report cards. <laughs> they did. They the the school system caught up with you, buddy. Like <laughs> the school system definitely caught up with us. But we used to yeah. we used to take a report card and we we'd um, we'd photocopy it, and then we'd take a scalpel and cut out like the C's and the B's. And glue uh, them onto the report card, and then photocopy it again, and turn that in. What, the what, fucking little CIA agents, bro. Worked <laughs> pretty good. And then we charge people for we charge people with like five bucks a pop. We, we, <laughs> eventually you got, caught up with this. You, you guys missed your calling. You could have been like printing <laughs> fake money. <laughs> yeah, we got we got caught eventually, man. It didn't last very long. Uh, we were, you the teachers calling. The teachers calling the house, going. Hey, your son got a D. And you know, wait a minute. No, that's not what the report card says. It says they got a C. Like, yeah, no, it's not true. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. 
time. <laughs> That's back in the day, man. Now everything's electronic, like movies. Same thing with movies. Everything's electronic now. So if you're, I, I would imagine that Redbox is probably pretty popular in like some third world countries or in some po- some parts of the country where like, you know, I, I just can't imagine renting a CD anymore or a Blu-ray or a DVD, whatever, you know? I yeah. It'd be, it'd be weird. Yeah. Like, like you don't have a streaming service, like just go on YouTube, you know, it'd be, it, it would be weird. And I think we're going to get to a point where at one point, like the way we receive entertainment is going to be different. It may not even be tangible to, to own it. And in fact, if you're looking at the video game industry now, um, Sony's doing something pretty radical where they're, they're trying to switch to all digital. Ah. The problem with that is, is that in the in the terms of of user uh, terms of service and user agreement section, um, it says that these are licensed copies. And license is a term in legalese used as a temporary status of ownership because it's not tangible. And I think I think there's going to be a, a real divide of of consumer consumerism in the future when media starts to turn into an absorption platform well, where it's part of that uh, WHO you've earned nothing and be happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of us that aren't cool with that because we work fucking hard for our money. Yeah. So we want that shit in my hand, little man, like, <laughs> or you owe me. Oh, we owe. Oh, I owe you. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, fucking my jungle love, yeah. Oh, yeah. yo, we, yo, oh, yo, 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 yo. Think I wanna hit him? Give me my uh, shit. Let's go. That's a good song, dude. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> that was the that was that part from uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, you know, dude. Again, when yeah, thinking in the song is like, give me a nickel bag. <laughs> 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 but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that I think I think uh, I think the way we consume movies in the future will be something similar. Yeah, where where it is now. I mean, we're kind of already here. All they really have to do at this point is just stop selling DVDs and kill the distribution industry by by all all it would take would be four big studios to pull distribution from DVD and Blu-ray, and that would be it. We we would have to be in streaming. We'd be at their mercy. The only power we would have is to turn off our fucking TVs and stop paying for for streaming services. That'd be the only way we could tell them that we want our DVDs and shit. Jeez. And then fucking VCRs and, and television or, 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 or tapes would probably be completely bought out of all pawn shops. I like, I like, I like tape quality VHS movies. I thought they were pretty good. Like I thought that, um, no, listen, don't get me wrong. Like nothing beats a digital, like Blu-ray <laughs> copy of something for, for H, you know, four HD or whatever the hell it's called. Like, nothing beats that quality or whatever is better than that now. But there was something called laser disc in the eighties. You remember laser discs? I mean, yeah, that's like, the same technology that was in uh, Sega CD. When yeah. it first came. Dude, do you, do you like <laughs> this? If anybody listening again, like if you guys need to know something about pop culture, Michael's the guy to go to like this, this fucking guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, you're making me feel old too. Dude, like, <laughs> hey, man, laser discs to me, that's when like ColecoVision was out. Like oh, uh, God. the old, like, yeah, man, super, not even super, just like regular Nintendo. 
I remember, I remember watching it. that fucking uh that VR uh commercial yeah the other day where he was like we can't we can't show you but we can show you yeah. and put on and like you see all the VR stuff in the Nintendo game it, it was funny and fucking corny as shit yeah it, but that's like laser discs back in the day were the quality was amazing and and they ain't worth a shit like uh a buddy of mine had a bunch of um Laser disc, he had a, a crap load of laser discs, Star Wars and stuff. I'm like, oh, dude, I think that's worth money. And he looked it up, and the original ones before George Lucas, you know, uh, messed with them. Um, and he, he, uh, he, he, they weren't worth much of anything. I think the old VHS Star Wars, I had those, they got ruined during a hurricane, actually, which I was pissed off about. But, um, the VHS original Star Wars movies were original. Like the ones where Han shot first, and before George Lucas got a hold of them and made them all, you know, digital and did whatever he did with them. The original VHS Star Wars were worth some bucks, but laser discs were pretty good back in the uh, '80s. Good quality. I want to. Yeah, it, it blows my mind how much media we're gonna see in a landfill somewhere. <laughs> oh all yeah, this- yeah. Hey. That didn't mean jack shit. Probably more Furbies and, and troll stuff than anything. Barbies, maybe. It's uh, it's definitely something surreal. I don't know. Laser discs were cool. I think I, I spent the night at a friend's house who had like a laser disc player, and his dad had it attached to this projector, which I thought was pretty neat. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, we're definitely far off from from anything like that now. Surprisingly enough, I'm 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 shocked to see that there are still like drive-in places that play these movies. Oh yeah, drive-in movies. Yep. There there's a few places around here that opened up. I think a year and a half ago, where it's like you drive-in, you still set your like FM radio to the to the projector or whatever, and it plays the plays the sound while you watch the movie in your car. Oh man, those fucking types of those types of experiences are are, are priceless. Um, can't wait to bring my kids to it before it's like, what's this? Because I've already had to explain what a fucking DVD player is to my six-year-old. Which <laughs> imagine, made me imagine like eight track. Yeah, imagine like eight. Yeah, track. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it'd blow their mind. The, the um, we have a drive-in theater. Um, I think it's still there here in Fort Lauderdale. Um, it's called the Thunderbird. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's called the Thunderbird Drive-In Theater. It's actually pretty cool. One of my cars. <laughs> Yeah, you sit in the car and you just, you watch a movie. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. That that's like, it's so nostalgic, you know. Like, um, we don't watch like TV. Speaking of movies, like we don't really watch. Uh, I don't have satellite, and I don't have um, I don't have cable. I have like I have like a Roku, so I don't. I man, I remember I remember paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars for my satellite. Um, I think my bill was like 300 bucks a month just to watch TV. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I paying almost like my car payment to watch movies? Like, what am I nuts? So I got rid of it and I hooked up the Roku and I've had that for like four years now. Um, and you just watch whatever the hell you want on there, you know? So, 40 bucks. You yeah, I mean, Roku's that. like nothing, man. I mean, compared to these, these satellite um, companies were just making money, like just ridiculous amount of money they're making off people um, just to watch a movie. And I'm a big movie fan, so like um, I would burn. The only positive thing to having a, the satellite was that you could burn the movies off 
the satellite comp, uh, a channel, you could burn it onto the DVR that was obviously installed into the Dish Network or DirecTV, you know, DVR program. And I can just go back and watch them anytime I wanted. That was pretty neat. But even that held a certain amount of gigabytes or uh, gigabytes. Is that right? No, terabytes, whatever it was. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, big, you know, big fan of like those 80s and 90s movies, the original uh, um, Punisher, like I know I told you about was really was great. And a lot of those original movies before they started being remade were, were, were some of my favorite films. The ninja movies were always great in the 80s. You know, all that stuff was fun. So uh, we got we got our first movie. Well, it's actually going to be our second movie for the month of January. But uh, out of the frying pan and into the new age microwave from the 90s to the modern day 20, 2020s. Um, I got I got a movie for January. Talk to me. I'm looking forward to it. Rebel Moon Part One: A Child of Fire just came out on Netflix, directed by Zack Snyder, oh. who actually, interesting fact, took this to Disney and tried to sell it as a Star Wars film. Yep, I saw that. Yeah. Told him no, and so he said "fuck you," which nobody ever told us about, <laughs> and went to Netflix and got some of that "fuck you" money. And now it's it's part two is already filming. In fact, part two is already up on IMDb coming out next year. Um, this one released this year. It's called A Child of Fire. But it's 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 going to be dope. I can't wait to, to watch it. It's a science fiction from hell. It's everything. It looks like everything you want in a science fiction film from multiple multiple planet hopping to interesting robots with consciousness to down to people with interesting abilities or skills. And of course, you know, a little bit of space warfare, um, some really cool scenes. Uh, I I'm, I'm looking forward to the movie just because here lately we've been talking about like, there's no great fantasies anymore. And like, I know Dune is one of those movies, but Dune for me is a little slow. You know, I think, I think in a book format, it's done great, but I don't think it really, adapts well to film because the narrative is so in depth that it's really hard to take a lot of those those depth pieces and make them shine on television where it's like cinematic adaptations are a little bit faster fast paced um and you can you can you can feel this if you've ever read any of the percy jackson books and you go watch percy jackson and the olympians on disney plus that's streaming right now yeah it's atrocious because they rushed so much of the first two two episodes that don't really mesh up to the book that they've missed out on really important details that's that are set up to like pay off in like book three and four and five, which five I couldn't put down. And I'm reading the uh, I'm I'm reading the sequels in graphic novel format now, but it's just like it's it's really hard. This one's completely fresh. There's no novel. There's no nothing. So it's all made for cinematic reimagined from like a star Wars type perspective. But the, the premise of the movie is, is, uh, is basically space Nazis um, in, in space. Okay. 
and there, there's this little tiny farming community. I don't know how they make these like simple movies where it's like set up like the Lord of the Rings. Like uh, this fucking wizard comes to this little town with a ring and <laughs> to get the ring so he could take it to these elves. Right. Or he didn't come to get it. He came to visit a friend and found the ring and then had to go do research and then came back and was like, you're going to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, like these little tiny towns and then like these big motherfuckers show up needing food. And and now all of a sudden they're like they're 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 under what what do you call that I guess under campaign okay no they have to they have to build a resistance to push back these space Nazis from home world I guess it's our world um, and that's that's how the journey begins part one called the Child of Fire and then next year we'll get part two which is called the Scar Giver oh. uh, my boy my boy Charlie Hunnam from uh, Sons of Anarchy made the made the film which I'm super excited about oh I like that guy yeah yeah and a, and a few other cool people like uh, uh Dijman uh Han Hansu he was okay. in the Gladiator oh yeah, um, yeah yeah okay among other things he was also in Guardians of the Galaxy he's a um he's the really cool black guy with the really awesome gray beard. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I Anthony that. Hopkins made the film too. Good, um, that's, that, that's pretty badass. And have you have you watched it yet? I have not. Okay. I'm I'm gonna in earnest wait until uh, the first, and then after the first, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. So, um, so that'll be our next. Zack Snyder, not to be confused with D Snyder. Right. Okay. Exactly. I mean, it's still the same guy who made the DC films. Okay. Do you know who D Snyder is by any chance? Uh, familiar. Okay, familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's twisted sister, right? So, <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> he made a, he made some pretty good movies in the nineties, or a pretty good movie in the nineties. Um, so I I will check it out. My brother, uh, my brother actually watched it a couple of days ago, and he um he had some pretty good things to say about it. So I'm actually looking forward to it. Okay, yeah. I've seen him in movies before, actually. D. Snyder. Yeah, D. Snyder's a twisted oh. sister. That guy's—he's pretty badass, dude. Yeah, that's a yeah. '90s rock band, uh, and he had a movie. Sorry, I didn't mean to digress again, but he's got a, a pretty killer movie from the '90s, and the name of it escapes me. Fear? No, not fear. Uh, Strangeland. 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 Did you see that? Yeah, Strangeland. Pretty good movie. Yeah, pretty good. So. All right. Sounds but good. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll check it out and uh, definitely have a review for you. Uh, from my perspective, I I love that. I love that you want to uh, give the fifty year old um, newer movies newer movies to watch. So, go experience the nuance of go, new entertainment. God damn it! Go experience the new movies. Damn it! It's yeah. more like I had to sit through drug trafficking aliens. Go watch this cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> not that I didn't enjoy it, it was fun, but it, it gave me all these great ideas that I can't do fucking nothing with, Daniel. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love it, dude. You're like, hey, man, if I can sit through this shit, you can sit through this, all right? Uh, That's awesome. You okay. can definitely sit through this. Everybody can. You should. It's new. <laughs> deal, deal. I promise. You're right. You're right. I, I, I so, apologize. I, I, are I, you, I, I'm very selfish. It's all it's all good. I'm being selfish now too. Like you no. get new. Like we had the old, you get new. That's that's our dichotomy though. I like, love it. I love it. I love it. You got all the new stuff, I got all the old stuff. All right. I think Fuck, we talked about enough stuff. I feel old and I'm only 35. <laughs> I can't believe I explained to my six year old about a DVD player, man. Like what the fuck? Oh, dude, that's oh dude. 
the best. It's the best. Crazy. So, seen that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody, to this awesome review of Dark Angel, a movie from the 1990s. We'll never have to say anything about it ever again unless I finally get somebody on board with the sequel. But uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Join us in 2024. Same dang channel. Same dang time. Same dang hosts. Different dang review. Good night. Good night. See you, Michael. Hey, moviegoers out there. You love movies. You love television. We might not do a whole lot of television, but we might mention it. But we love movies. And when I say we, I mean me, Inevitable Mike, and my wonderful creative co-host, Daniel Garcia, the creator and owner of Dang Comics. If you like movies, you love to listen about them, you'll want to hear a couple of guys chat it up, talk about what's new, what's old, what's good, what's not. Tune in to those dang reviews here on the Comics and Pop-Tarts podcast channel. Probably not your best source for movie reviews, but definitely will be one of the most entertaining sources for news when it comes to movie reviews.